If you'd like to follow along with this morning's scripture reading, we'll be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 32 through 43. They also led two criminals to be executed with Jesus. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They drew lots as a way of dividing up his clothing. The people were standing around watching, but the leaders sneered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is really the Christ sent from God. The chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him. They came up to him offering sour wine and saying, If you are really the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above his head was a notice of the formal charge against him. It read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging next to Jesus insulted him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Responding, the other criminal spoke harshly to him. Don't you fear God? Seeing that you've been sentenced to die, we are rightly condemned, for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we're continuing our sermon series where we look at different people from the Bible who play a significant role, who have a part, and then we read little about them after their part in the story. We've looked at the story of Balaam from the book of Kings and, yeah, Kings, and seen, or no, from Numbers, I'm sorry, Numbers 23 through 24, and we saw how how Balaam, how God used Balaam to bless the people of Israel without them even knowing, without Balaam even being a part of the people of Israel, yet God chose him, just like God chooses any and all people to do his work, even if we don't expect it. We looked at the story of Ruth and saw how she's an example of what it means to live faithfully and dedicated to God and selflessly serving others and for others. We looked at Samson and Hagar. James looked at the blind man from the Gospel of Luke who received sight from Jesus. But this morning I want us to look at someone who remains unnamed in the Gospels, but someone who shows us something very important in terms of of forgiveness and of life and of receiving the gift of grace that comes from Jesus. This morning I want us to think a little bit about the thieves who hung on the crosses next to Jesus, to the right and the left, if you read the Gospels. What can we learn from their experience? What can the Gospels tell us? And why did all of the Gospel writers include them? First, what do we know about them? We know that there were two men that were crucified next to Jesus, to the right and to the left. We know that they were two, we know that they were crucified, and we know that they both talked to Jesus after the three of them had been nailed to the cross, to each of their crosses. All four of the Gospels list the two men, although depending on what Gospel you read, there are different descriptions given to each of the men. Mark and Matthew's Gospels refer to the two men as rebels, 
And so they both say that there were two rebels who were crucified with Jesus. And depending on how you interpret that, that could mean that they were political prisoners of some sort who were likely speaking out against the Roman government, who were likely trying to form it dissent. And so they were crucified as an example to those who they were talking with and those who they were plotting dissent with and those who they were trying to raise up in order to overthrow the Roman government. John's Gospel simply calls them two other men. And Luke's Gospel that we read this morning refers to them as criminals. Over time, these two men have been given names and stories associated with them. If you grew up in the Roman Catholic Church or you're familiar with the Roman Catholic Church, one of the men is actually canonized, which I didn't realize that until I started doing research for this sermon. His name is Dismas, D-I-S-M-I-S. Dismas is the man who who hung alongside Jesus on the cross. And after this taunting occurred, he experienced a change of heart. And he was the one who requested, Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Tradition, Tradition has also given a name to the second man. His name was Gestas, G-E-S-T-A-S. And he was the thief who taunted Jesus, who said, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, why can't you save us? Why can't you save yourself? If you are the Son of God, just do it. One apocryphal story from the apocryphal books, I believe it's the Gospel of Nicodemus, or there's also an Arabic Gospel on the infancy of Jesus Christ. It was a very popular story during the time of the Crusades. And so that would have been roughly 1189 or so. And the story was that the two men who were crucified with Jesus were two men who attempted to rob Mary and Joseph as they took Jesus into Egypt to flee from the Roman soldiers when Herod sent them to Bethlehem to kill all of the babies, the newborn boys. And so tradition says that Dismas who's the one that was canonized, bought off Gestus by paying him 40 coins in order to leave Mary and Joseph unmolested, and that the infant Jesus predicted that the two of them would be crucified with him, and that Dismas would enter into paradise with him. I'd never heard of that until I went researching this story. I seriously doubt that the names of these two men were Dismas and Gestus, And the reason I doubt that is because the gospel writers didn't include it. Because we know that Mark or Matthew or Luke or John, if they had deemed it necessary, they would have included the names of these men in their gospels. But that doesn't discount who they are and what they show us about God and about Jesus Christ. See, the two criminals, the thieves, the rebels, whatever you want to call them, are important to us because they reveal to us the choice that every person is able to make when they encounter Jesus Christ. They show us the forgiving power of God as it's offered through Jesus at any time. See, these two men give us two perfect pictures of the reaction of people when they encounter Jesus And the Gospels are full of these types of people and these types of pictures, but it's interesting that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John take the time to write about these two men who came to Golgotha to be crucified. 
These men didn't pick their time. They didn't pick that they were going to be crucified next to Jesus. So little did they know that they would be encountering God Himself as they were nailed to a cross alongside Him. Little did they know that God would find them as they hurled insults upon Him as they were there in their place of death. Yet it was there in death that one of them found life. For in his encounter with Christ, as his insult stopped, and instead of an insult, he requested that Jesus remember him in the very place that he was going. And see, in that instant, forgiveness happened. Repentance was offered. In the time before this man's death, he received wholeness in his life. These men were the worst of the worst. They were hung on the cross to die. They were to be a very visible reminder to everyone else of what it would meant to cross Rome. Yet one of them found life on that tool of death. And in finding life, he received grace and forgiveness and comfort that comes from God and Jesus Christ. See, it's life that's only offered by Jesus. Life that can be received when one's heart turns to God. See, the thief that received life on the cross shows us that God can and does and will meet us where we are, wherever we're at. And in whatever situation we are in, in order that we might receive forgiveness. You know, it isn't really ours to offer. It isn't ours to met out in limited quantities. It's ours to proclaim as we lead others to the cross where they too may experience the grace, the love, and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You know, I think as we read this gospel, this, this story in Christian faith today, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those stories that, that uncomfortably sits with us. Because, you know, in some ways we're shown the the way of of faith and works and the gospel of James and what it means for us to live a life of faith and to demonstrate a life of faith as we receive the grace and love and forgiveness of Jesus. And so out of our works comes that. Because remember, James said faith without works is dead. But then we also receive in this story an example of what it means for someone to receive the grace, forgiveness, and love of God as it's God's to give. Not out of the life that they live, not out of the, the works that they, that, they, that they executed following their conversion, not out of anything. This man died shortly after he received the gift of life from Jesus Christ. And I think at times that story sits uncomfortably with us because we're a people who, who want to see demonstrated change in the lives of others, don't we? as they're moving forward, as they're working further, as, as we're growing in our faith with one another. But you know, the story of this thief reminds us that forgiveness is God's to give. The story of this thief reminds us that wholeness can be received wherever we're at. No matter where we are. No matter what we're doing. No matter where we're going. No matter what path we're on. Because this man encountered Jesus on a mountain of death. And on the mountain of death, he received the gift of life 
the living water that comes from God through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so this morning I invite you to think about the thieves. And about what it means for us to be a people who proclaim and live a life of faith and forgiveness that's given to all people because it's God's to give. It's ours to proclaim, it's ours to live, it's ours to share. But it's God's to offer. Out of His grace, out of His love, out of His care and ultimate concern for all people, for His creation. May others receive it as we have received it. May we continue to receive it fuller and greater measure as we grow in our own image of God as we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. If I could invite you to join me as we sing together our closing hymn, hymn number 152.